You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, why don't we get started right off the bat with the David Bakhtiari controversy. I did a little video on it on YouTube, so you may have seen it. But I'll just give you my thoughts real quick. Basically, on social media, there was a tweet that came out in... uh, in a way that was meant to be like a report based on an article. And these things are obviously very popular because it's a lot easier to just trust that what they're saying is 100% accurate and not have to read the whole freaking article. But I think we've all learned by now that that's not necessarily the case. But the, the tweet that went out said that the Packers will be cutting, are expected to cut David Bakhtiari soon. Now, when you delve into the article, essentially, it's it's an article from The Athletic, it's Matt Schneidman, and he says, in pretty strong language, that the Packers will assuredly release David Bakhtiari. Let me just read this to you. It says, the Packers will assuredly trade or release Bakhtiari. Maybe the New York Jets fork over a late-round pick to reunite Bakhtiari with his old golf cart buddy. Slight interruption. With his golf cart buddy, Aaron Rodgers, and that's not a joke. Despite the possibility that he's still elite when healthy, as he showed for a brief Sunday against the Chicago Bears in September. Um, So look, there isn't an official, and this is an important distinction, because I think a lot of times we see this and it's like, bro, this came straight from Brian Gutekunst, which obviously it did not. Brian Gutekunst is not going out telling anybody anything. So unless this comes from a report from a press conference with Brian Gutekunst, which it wouldn't, we have to assume that this is at best speculation from a writer. Now, there are rare instances where you have, for example, Bob McGinn telling us, I have talked to people on the inside and they're telling me that they are absolutely not bringing Aaron Rodgers back no matter what. Now, you can choose to believe that or not, but that's a very specific kind of report saying, I have inside knowledge and I know this to be true. After that, you have this type of article saying, based on my assessment, it's not word for word what he said, but that's what he's saying. Based on my assessment, there's no way they're bringing him back. Now, if it's if it's based on more than that, he would probably say it, and he did not. Remember, the sentence is, the Packers will assuredly trade or release Bakhtiari. The part about this that I get hung up on is they put in the tweet soon, because that's not even in the article. So it's one thing to say the Packers are expected to release somebody, because that's kind of like a little... Uh, it's being kind of tricky. Because when you read that on social media, the expectation is you have some kind of a source that this is this is happening. Again, if you just think about it, obviously that's not true, but it just it feels like that's the case when really, what are you saying? Somebody is expecting. So when you say the Packers are expecting, it, it, it makes you think something. But really, what it would be more accurate to say is Matt Schneidman is expecting the Packers to release David Bakhtiari. Now, he's not lying. He's just sort of omitting. The Packers are expected to release David Bakhtiari. Expected by who? By Matt Schneidman. Which should be just an automatic question from now on when you see things like expected to. Expected by who? But when you put in soon, it becomes very specific and it becomes basically a lie. 
Now, you can, again, you can kind of weasel your way out of it and be like, well, I mean, if, if they're going to cut him, it has to be sort of soon, depending on your definition of soon, which could be, you know, within the next three, four months. But I'm going to go ahead and say that that was just a flat out fabrication for additional clicks. But as, as, as I mentioned in the video yesterday, two days ago, whatever, that isn't to say that this is nothing, right? Because there, there is a big resurgence of Packer fans saying that my type of Packer fan that says Bakhtiari's gone, there's almost no reconciling this, that we are stupid. And that, you know, as long as he checks out, he's 100% staying. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at that saying, I think there's a few more hurdles we need to get over. Number one... What do you mean by 100% healthy? Does that just mean we're, you know, he's able to do the things he needs to do right now? Like we're doing a medical checkup and his knee seems fine and all that? Or are we saying that we identified the problem, we are 100% po positive that his knee is not going to have the same issues that it had before? That's not to say he can't have new issues, but there's no reason to believe of recurring issues with the issue that he had before. This is a big deal because he has been hurt for like, you know, two out of the last three years. He's played the equivalent of a season in three years, I think, roughly. I don't even know. And so you need 100,000% certainty that this issue is resolved. On top of that is his age. And on top of that, the biggest thing, aside from the recurring knee injuries, is the contract. Because the biggest issue with the contract is that we've pushed all this money out to where this is, this is a serious issue. So the, there are only a couple options, because we are not paying $40 million for David Bakhtiari this year, which is what his cap hit is. And if, and if I hear anyone say anything about cash, I'm going to smack you in the mouth. It has nothing to do with cash. Who gives a crap what the cash is? I don't know, and I don't care. I, I feel like this has become a distinction. At least nobody's been able to explain to me why this distinction matters so much. The cap is the money that we're allowed to operate with. And if he takes up $40 million in cap, that's $40 million that we cannot spend in other places. So the issue becomes, what do you do? What are your options? Number one, and, and, and listen, I think that they're going to approach this the same way that they did with Aaron Jones. And I said this about Aaron Jones. There's two options. You go to him and you say, you either take a pay cut or we're moving on. Aaron Jones took the pay cut. Will David Bakhtiari take the pay cut? I think, and, and, and I, I don't want to like overplay this hand. I know that this can be kind of lazy analysis with the whole Jets thing. But I, I do think it's kind of important. I don't want to just sit here and be like, Bakhtiari hates the Packers. He just wants to go with Rodgers, blah, blah, blah. I'm not, I'm not necessarily trying to take it down the drama route. I'm just trying to think about it from his perspective in terms of how do I want to finish out my career? Um, you know, I mean, finishing it out in Green Bay, I'm sure would be great. However, it is a young team with a whole new crew. and Like you don't know anybody. They're kind of moving in a new direction. They're kind of ready to move on without you. It's just, if you're going to be there, it's just going to be kind of a, you know, short term, like you're here because you're really good, but we're kind of just waiting for you to fall off so we can get rid of you, which is pretty much every team. But I mean, it's, it's just a reality. And so the, the, I'm sure there's some level of loyalty, but at the same time, loyalty to who? Matt LaFleur is a new coach, new defensive coordinator. There's a new GM. There's a new quarterback. There's a new everybody. He didn't come into the Green Bay Packers with any of this. And then on top of that, you're going to have on one side the Packers saying, you need to take a pay cut. Um, and I'm sure, given the fact that we have tackles that the Packers like, that it's not going to be... I, I mean, it may be the most money he can get about anywhere, but that's where the Jets come into play. Because you assume, I assume, that everybody is reasonable and rational and everybody's going to do a financial assessment of what Bakhtiari's worth, and everybody's going to ha come up with similar numbers. I mean, th these are pretty straightforward. You know, I'm sure they got their actuary people out there crunching the numbers and coming up with risk assessments and trying to figure out what he's worth, and you kind of come to the same agreement. However, let's just say hypothetically that there's a team out there making very ill-advised decisions because a certain quarterback is telling everybody what they need to do. In the article... And I, again, I'm not pretending that this is some kind of an inside source, but it says um, Packers will assuredly trade or release Bakhtiari. Maybe the New York Jets fork over a late round pick to reunite Bakhtiari with his old golf cart buddy. Now, that to me seems impossible, but at the same time, it's really not. A late round pick would just assure that David Bakhtiari goes there as opposed to testing the market and kind of doing whatever. 
which maybe they won't have to do if Bakhtiari's already basically decided, I'm going to go to the Jets, then why would the Jets fork anything over? But if Rodgers goes to them and says, we want Bakhtiari, he's already agreed to take a pay cut. Um, so just go ahead and trade for him. We end up getting some late round compensation, which I, I, I again, I, I can't fathom anybody would actually pay for his contract. But the thing is, they're not going to. They're paying to get his contract. He will come here and he will renegotiate the contract. Similar to what happened with Aaron Rodgers, right? We traded Aaron Rodgers, we took the compensation, and then Rodgers took a pay cut. So I guess you could say I'm sort of in the um, Schneidman camp of, I, th- there's just too many hurdles here. It's not about Bakhtiari can't play or Bakhtiari, it's got nothing to do with that. Yeah, he's a good football player, but he's old, he's too expensive, and he's got recurring knee injuries that, as far as I can tell, there's no reason to believe will never come back again. And again, if we overcome all that, we have to assume that his favorite spot to be is in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and that he is probably willing to take less money here. All the while, Aaron Rodgers is begging for him to come here. He's going to force the Jets to offer him more than he's worth. So if Bakhtiari stays, I have to assume there is some massive loyalty. That or he just doesn't want to be another statistic of a guy that came because Rogers said so or whatever. I don't know. But anyways, there isn't a report, but there is something that's going to happen relatively soon just because of the what the calendar says. But there, there are just obstacles in the way, I, I guess. And, you know, it's entirely possible, too, that the Packers just view it as, you know, yes, he. in other words, they're not going to focus so much on the injury as I am. They're going to look at it as, okay, he's fine. Now we just move on to step two, which is how do we get this number down? And then they work it out. I mean, it really could be that simple. But in my mind, it's uh, especially the way the Packers operate, you know, better leave a year early than a year late. We'll see. As far as my preference, I mean, a lot of people are very adamant one way or another. I, I, I'm i not massively opposed to him coming back if there were, for example, a pay cut. And that would still require paying him a, a lot of money. But I mean, look, he, he is one of the premier tackles in football. That's obviously going to help you. So if you can, any opportunity you have to have a premier player on your team, you should try to make it work. I think you start from that point and you move from there. But again, if I were doing the negotiating, I would guess that we would eventually get to a point where he would not be a Green Bay Packer unless he's willing to take some kind of a pay cut that I don't think he would take because I think he could get more somewhere else, specifically the Jets. All right, we've touched on that. Why don't we move on? I'm, I'm torn which direction I want to go. I hate to play with the robot already, but I just, I really have questions. So it's that, or either way, it's kind of a project. Uh, why don't we take a break? I will contemplate. And then in the third segment, we will uh, get to some calls. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so I elected to do robot. Maybe we'll do draft tomorrow. Um, I, I realize as we kind of skimmed through that, there's a lot of detail that I wasn't intending on getting on, and then we started getting kind of deep into David Bakhtiari, and then we just kind of moved off it and jumped back into what we were doing. And I realized it would be great to get a good picture. 
Um, I know there's Ken Ingles on Twitter who can kind of give us a general picture of what's going on, but I don't know. I, I, I like to kind of get in and play around and see, you know, like, okay, what if we do this? It's like, oh, that's why that sucks or whatever. Um, and just kind of get some ideas of what we can do. So I want to pick up where we left off. I don't know how far we're going to get into this, but I just I just want to kind of go piece by piece and see what happens as we go through. I've, I've already started it a little bit, but um, it's going well enough that it's like, all right, this will work. Sometimes it's like I forge ahead and it's like, I should not have gone down this path. This episode is going to suck. So we're, again, picking up where we left off, David Bakhtiari is officially out the door. Essentially what we're doing is we're trying to fix the salary cap. So for reference... As far as over the cap is concerned, the Packers have negative $2.8 cap space dollars. We've moved on from David Bakhtiari. That has saved us $20.9 million. Now, Kenny Clark, and I know this is gonna, there's going to be some controversy here because a lot of people are kind of just done with Kenny and it's like it ain't working and et cetera, et cetera. And so there are, there's a couple different options, obviously. One is we let him walk. For reference, 2024 is the final year of his contract. So uh, as of right now, 2024, he is on the hook for $27.5 million. That's too much money. It really is. And so if we let him walk, the problem is we only save $3 million. The other option being we let him play for 27, and then we let him walk, and then we have to pay 13.7. So, I mean, there's not a lot of great options here. And so obviously we could talk to him about a pay cut. He's not going to take a pay cut. I just, I don't want to do that because that seems easy and lazy and whatever. Then there's restructuring, but he's in the final year of his deal. What is there to restructure? The only thing we could possibly do is kick money out into the future, which he already has three void years, so that we pay a little bit less. So essentially it's 27 and a half this year and 13.7 next year. That's what we're paying for his final year. It's just a matter of how much we pay this year, how much we pay next year. That's stupid. I'm not doing that. And so look, Kenny Clark is 29 years old as of this year. I'm going to extend Kenny. And it's going to be a pretty big extension, but the 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 point is it's going to be for less than what he signed for last time, which given the massive salary cap increases means it's a pretty significant pay decrease, even though it might not seem like it. But we're going to do a uh, 3-year extension, meaning 2024 and then 3 years on top of that. But according to over the cap, his value is $12.7 million. That's fairly low. The last time we signed him, he got a $17.5 million deal. So let's just say in today's money, it was like a $20 million deal. We're dropping that down to 12 and a half. And so the way that this contract would be structured is that, because um, there's already money on the books, this year we would reduce his salary down to $1.03 million. Now, you'd say, well, why would he? He's going to get a big signing bonus. There's going to be a $12 million signing bonus. So we're going to give him $12 million in cash. He can stick it in his back pocket. His base salary in 2024 is going to be $1.03 million. And so the cap hit is going to be $14 bucks. So remember, he was at $27 million. We dropped it down to 14 Actually, I think it's 15 because there's a non-prorated bonus in there. Whatever. We dropped it down, you know, 12, 4, $11, $12 million, whatever. And then 2025, his base salary is going to be $9 million, bonus 8.5. So it's going to be $17 million. So it's, let's just go through the cap hits. It's going to be about 16, 17, 18, 19. The robot likes everything to be nice and even. Probably wouldn't be that even, but that's kind of a picture of what it would look like. And we've completely gotten rid of all the void year nonsense. So that's cleaned up. So we're getting close to the whole cash cap thing, which is just another way of saying, actually pay the freaking bill. And the other thing is, it... It's a little bit of a difficult contract to get out of um, because we're stacking a bonus on top of an already bonus. So we've got, we're not getting out of this contract for the next probably three years, but you figure 28, 29, and 30, or no, 29, 30, 31. Usually like 32 years old is when it gets to be a little bit. So 2024 this year, 25, 26, we've got Kenny Clark on the, well, 26 is debatable. If he's awful, then in 2026, you know, it's, it's, $18.9 $18.9 million for Kenny Clark, it would be like a $13 million dead cap hit. So if we wanted to in 2026, so in other words, this year, next year, and then we're just completely, he is the worst, most useless human being in the world. And by the way, remember, $18 million, which is probably the equivalent of about 15-ish, 16-ish this year, it's not that much money. 
remember, like premier pass rushers, significantly more money than this. So that we're, we're not talking about, and I think that's some of the frustration with Kenny, and rightly so, is we gave you premier pass rusher, premier interior defensive line money, and you're not playing up to it. I'm not giving him that. This is like starter money, but, you know, just just starter. And I think he is that. And and maybe he's going to get better with Halfley and all that stuff. So that's to our benefit also is you, you kind of buy low, sell high, hopefully. You know, you, you come to him and you say, look, here's the stats. Here's the situation. Here's what you're worth. This is the market value. Here's what we're offering you. You know, and again, at his age, it's not a terrible contract. You're getting $12 million put in your back pocket. You're also guaranteed to make, you know, he's another two and a half million this year. Then next year, his salary is going to be nine million. No way he gets cut that year. So that's another nine million on top of it. We're talking 20 million over the next two years. In 2026, unless you're complete trash, you're going to be playing there too. It's another 10 million bucks. So the only thing you might miss out on is 2027, 13.7. And if you're playing well enough, you'll you'll get that too. But I, I like it because it's going to help us clean up the cap. It's going to bring his number down to something that's a little bit more reasonable based on his production. And it's not terrible based on his age. Again, it takes us right into his, you know, early 30s, 31, 32. So that's the decision that I made. Maybe I overexplained that, but it took a little bit of thought. And I know some people are going to be frustrated with it, but I just don't like, I mean, you know, it's, I don't want to overplay the dynamic that he is just so awful. It's, he's been disappointing based on his contract, but that's a different conversation than he needs to go because he's terrible. He's a good enough player. He's a veteran player. We need the depth. We need the talent. I, I think he's he's maybe our best defensive lineman. Not that that's necessarily saying anything, but he's he and he and uh, Wyatt I think are a solid combo. So I'm 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 happy with it. So what has that done? We saved twenty one million dollars by letting Bakhtiari go. We just saved twelve million dollars by extending Kenny Clark. We are sitting pretty financially right now, just with those two moves. Now there's talk about Jair Alexander. Oh, and by the way, before we move on, that may be a low estimate. That's over the cap's vet estimate. I decided to go with that. Spot track has him closer to $16 million, which might be closer to what it is. Um, there was a scenario I ran through where I put, it was a four-year extension, which I didn't like as much, but it kind of helped financially. And we offered him roughly a $16 million a year contract. Um, I just decided to go the easy route and go over the cap's $12.5 million or whatever. But anyways... Um, I have a hard time touching Jair's contract. A lot of people are talking about restructure, which all I'm hearing when I hear people say restructure is kick money down the down the road. We don't need to. Look, his cap hit this year is 24 million. Next year is 26. After that is 28. Now, if you want to say that's too high, fine, but that's not even really the question. Why? Why? First of all, we don't need to lower 2024. We can afford to pay the bill. You know, it's it's it feels to me like going into a store and there's like a say you want to get a $700 TV. And I have $700 to spend. Or I could put it on my credit card and I can, you know, n- for the rest of the n- next several months be in a deficit on top of all my other bills. Just freaking pay it. Why am I going to make 2025 and 2026 and 2027 miserable? I would just rather not touch it. it it's a very slow increase. We're going to be paying about the same every single year. In fact, if you look at the cap percentage, and these are obviously based on estimates, but it's 9.6, 9.9, 9.8. That's what he's getting paid. It's it's a perfectly even distribution going all the way up. He's an expensive player because he's a premier player. That's what we expect him to be. There's nothing we can do about it. If you hate him, then you can cut him. But the point is, if you restructure, we can't cut him next year. And again, I'm not saying we need to or we should at all. I don't want to. But if you're thinking that he's not worth that money, then you don't touch his contract. And if you think he is worth the money, then you don't touch his contract. Why do we need to touch his contract? Why do we need to kick the can down the road? Just leave it alone. And I'm not going to offer him an extension. He has three more years left on his contract. What the heck would I do that for? So, look, if it's up to me and in this situation it is, I'm just not touching it. I don't like the idea of playing with his contract. I think it's perfectly structured. I don't like that there's $2.3 million in a void thing, but that's just a minor tweak. I think it was unnecessary. It's not going to hurt anybody in the future necessarily. So whatever. Um, we're in a situation right now where 2024, we can't cut him and we don't want to. But starting in 2025, which he's only 28 years old, we're, we're in complete control. We can move on if we want to, save about $7 million. Um, the cap hit is not the worst in the world. 25.8. Again, it's it's 9%, 10% of the contract, of the, of the salary cap. 
And we're getting closer to a point too, where you can kind of do a Kenny Clark thing, where as we get closer, we can offer him an extension for something that's a little bit more what he's worth, which will dilute the contract as it is. Now he's, he's playing up until he's 29. So you're not going to offer him that much, but let's say in, in by 2025, by next year at the earliest, you offer him a contract for, you know, I don't know, $17 million and you spread out the money over the next, you know, two, three years. And again, it will dilute the money that he currently has and it will kind of drop it down. And the the percentage, at least the cap percentage will drop pretty significantly. But I just, I don't want to touch it. I'm going to leave it alone. Uh, Aaron Jones, this thing is just kind of a mess. His base salary is $11 million. There's $5.7 million in a prorated signing bonus. We can't touch that. That has to go on the cap. So when you add it all up, he's sitting at $17 million. Now, look, the, the, the Packers have already kind of showed their hand and that Aaron Jones is not leaving. So I don't know that they can come to the table and say, either take a pay cut or you're gone. I don't know how the GM can tell everybody, the fans and everybody else, that he is the heart and soul of the team and then cut him because he won't take a pay cut. I do have a question, though, as to whether they could possibly offer him, offer him an extension. I mean, he is getting up in age, but it could be like a two-year, maybe? So according to Track, his market value is $5 million. I don't know if he would, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I don't think he would necessarily take that. I don't know. Over the cap has it even lower, but I'm not, I'm not even going to talk about that. We'll just go with the higher one, which is $5 million. But if we did do that, let's just say he accepted that. And again, you get a little bit of long-term security mixed in. It's a $3 million signing bonus. Reduce his base salary down to $2 million. Next year, it's four. The year after that is four. So the total cap number over the next three years, this year it would reduce down to 9.6. So that's a pretty significant savings for this year. Next year, it's 7.5-ish. And then the year after that, it's nine again. Now, again, he's definitely here this year and next year with this contract. He's not going anywhere. 2026 would be the first year we could talk about possibly moving on from Aaron Jones. He'd be 32 years old. We'd save $4 million. There would be no dead, there's no void years. There's none of that nonsense. We're not playing that game. So, I mean, it really just becomes a question of, do you think he can hold up for two years? Is he worth, you know, a a $10 million cap hit this year? And it's it's hard to say no to that. And again, next year it's 7.5. And the year after that, we can assess, is he worth $9 million or not? Now, again, the, the biggest question is, is it actually true that, that a $5.1 million contract per year would get the job done? I, I don't know if he would accept that or not, but I would be happy with that. And again, we're reducing it from what, 17 down to a little under 10. So just from, so we've released David Bakhtiari, we've extended Kenny and Aaron Jones. We haven't touched uh, Jair at all. Our cap space for 2024 is $37 million. And in my opinion, we've cleaned up a lot of contracts. Now, maybe you could say, you know, extending players is a form of kicking the can down the road if you want, but I don't think it's unreasonable to have Kenny Clark on the team until he's about 31 and Aaron Jones on the team until he's 32. So to be clear, I don't expect the Packers to actually do this. They'll probably be a little bit more um, aggressive or reckless, however you want to phrase it, with the cap. There probably will be a little bit of pushing money out, restructuring, et cetera, et cetera. I hope they don't. They'll probably mess with Jair's contract, but... That's kind of the way I would look at it. And again, it puts us in a really solid situation with some, I mean, we, we touched three contracts. One of them is just letting David Bakhtiari go. And then of that, our uh, rookie pool is going to cost $13.3 million. I don't know how much of that, because there's a, a cutoff after the top, you know, 51 players that doesn't count against your cap anymore. But let's just say that's, it's all of it. So that puts us at $24 million. Let's say we want to stash 10 aside going into the season. So we have $14 million to spend this year. That's kind of a lot considering the way that they're going to structure these. Doesn't mean, you know, a, a con- one contract of $14 million per year. That's absolutely not how that's going to work. You can just about double it. If you're talking per year, you're probably talking $28, $30 million in per year money that can be given away this year. I kind of made that up, but just as a way to think about it. Now, that also doesn't include re signing guys, but we don't have any massive contracts that need to be re-signed. I mean, John Runyon, I don't know if he's coming back. Jonathan Owens, I don't know if he's coming back. Eric Wilson, he's 30 years old. I don't know if he's coming back. Dylan, if he comes back, which I think he will, is not going to cost very much. Rudy Ford is 30. Ballantyne is bottom of the barrel money. 
Um, Josiah probably just not coming back. Tyler Davis will for pennies. I mean, none of these are big money contracts. So, anyways, why don't we take a break? We'll come back and take a few calls. We'll be right back. What's going on, Zoom Modified Fighter? How you doing? Hey. Uh, one, I want to say thank you for letting me know because I did forget about uh, other receivers that uh, were on the Texans. <laughs> so, I was wrong. You know, good. I have no problem saying that. Uh, I still think we, we got a got a receiving core yards depth, though. Sure. But yeah, that's cool. Um, I did have a request for you, and I don't know how this would be a quick one or maybe a show. Um, but you might get knocked out quick. I just want to hear your right now. I want you basically it's two of them. I want you to I want you to do one now, and then basically one up to the track. Like right before the draft, because you'll get the like combine workouts and everything else. But you got the Senior Bowl and, and the East Restaurant game. So I wanted to hear your top three at every position. Even positions that we don't need, uh, you know, that's probably making you expert, but like your top three quarterbacks, top three running backs, top three wide receivers. But I don't want you to use this is a caveat the actual top three. Meaning, who does it make you this? Meaning, like, you wouldn't use, like, Bob Harris Jr. Like, wouldn't make the top three, because we already know he's top. I'm like, your top three people that maybe not everybody knows about, that looks good. That if you were, like, man, with the Packers, that would be, like, a pretty good, uh, you know, player to have. So, I guess in reality, you don't have to do quarterback, but maybe, like, positions of need, like wide receiver, you know, uh, Offensive tackles, offensive guards, centers, defensive ends, defensive tackles, linebackers, quarterbacks, and most importantly for safety. And uh, just give us, like, your three favorites. So that way, if you get it right, cool. If you mention that they were your favorite, to you get it wrong, and they were just your favorite, but you didn't say they were going to be the best out of the best. Uh, that's one I got for you. Appreciate it. Happy, uh... Not to say Valentine's Day, it's a fan Valentine. Plus, uh, it's not going to do that. You're not my lady. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this. I definitely want to get up and meet all the other Packing fans and, yeah. and family. So I'm, I'm thinking about maybe going up there for the draft, but I'm going to be going around the U.S. anyway. I might got to stop by and just see different people. I got to, you know, gotta, I might have to go to Jersey. This, this crazy guy in Jersey, they got to meet up. But first, I got to meet up all people in VA. So everybody in VA, hit me up. I'm going to have to work something out when we get up, and then I'm going to spread out from there. Anyway, go back up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, man. That's going to be, if nothing else, again, there's all these like big, grandiose ideas for the draft, and uh, maybe we do it, maybe we don't. I just think it'd be cool to just have a massive party. And, we don't, you know, it's not like we have to stay by each other the whole time. It would just be cool to, you know, see everybody. I'll just get a hoodie that says Pack Daddy and then, you know, walk around, take a picture, shake hands, how you doing? Maybe grab a brat together and, uh, you know, go on our merry way. You you can go meet, uh, I don't know, Grassi's probably walking around, go find him somewhere and I'll see if I can find one other person that listens to my show. <laughs> no, but I think, I think it'd be pretty cool, man. I think it would be, uh, we could, oh, you know what we could do? It'll be like, uh, what's that, Gangs in New York? There'll be like the Packernet crew and then like the Packaday crew and then the Grassy Posse and then we'll like there's like the five five streets or whatever that intersect we'll all just meet in the middle and then I don't know, stab each other or something. I don't know. I don't know what we do after that, but not sure how these things work, but it'd be kind of funny. I'm not gonna lie, I feel like our group would probably win that. I really do. Grassy's gonna have a big group, there's no doubt. But I feel like the Packernet listeners are a little crazy. You know, we're a little bit off, man. You know, Clayton's going to show up. He's got like 17 guns on him. I don't even know how he has that. He's going to have it. Maybe I shouldn't talk about that. That's inappropriate given the situation. I'm just saying, we've got, uh, we, we, we've got, uh, I think, I think we got, I think we got it, man. In a completely fictional, hypothetical world in which nobody actually gets hurt, we're just kind of screwing around. I still think we win. But I'm looking forward to it. Omar, uh, I'll tell you what, man. I, uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'll do running back for you. You already know the answer to this. And then I will make a pledge to you that that will be 
the topic of tomorrow. The reason this takes me so long is because I'm such a freaking perfectionist, which doesn't make sense because the process I use is entirely flawed anyways. It's mostly just for fun. So who gives a crap? But it's like, I just, I get so hung up on like how stupid the process is and it really doesn't matter. So tomorrow I will fly through, and I mean fly through the position groups and I will give you my top three. And maybe I'll kind of do, because, you know, again, I get what you're saying, but it's kind of tricky. So, for example, my running backs are Jonathan Brooks, Ray Davis, and Dylan Lauby. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean those are the three best, but if you leave out, like, who are the best, which I do think Jonathan Brooks is the best, I'll just say they're my favorite. Those are my three favorite guys. I probably shouldn't even go back through running backs because I'll change my opinion, but that's kind of where I'm at with those guys. Um, I did do wide receiver, but it was kind of a long enough time that I don't really remember. I have the list, but I can't speak to it, so I may run through that again really quickly. I know I had Harrison first, and I believe it was, I think Neighbors was second also, but um, nothing super crazy with that. But that'll be what I'm going to do, and I will try to just pick out three guys that I just kind of have a crush on. And hopefully it turns out like running back, because I like when that happens. I wouldn't like it if it was like my three favorite are Benson, Corum, and Brooks, because, well, duh, those are the top three guys. You know, or just say Braylon Allen, because he's at Wisconsin, and we'll just say that he's super good and all that. You know, like, I believe, last I remember, JJ likes Estimate. I don't like Estimate. I love that. A lot of people like Braylon Allen. I really don't like Braylon Allen. And I usually get on the Wisconsin uh, running back bandwagon. I can't quite get there with Braylon Allen. So that's what we'll do, man. Tomorrow, tomorrow is the day I am going to just freaking grind, man, because I, I got to do it. I'm, I'm so freaking uh, ADD with everything. I do five minutes of this, and then I do five minutes of this, and, five, and then nothing actually gets done. I'm taking baby steps toward everything, and nothing gets done. Tomorrow, I'm going to stare at a screen and watch players even if I don't understand what the heck is going on, we're just gonna we're just gonna do it, man. What's going on, Old Modern Firefighter? Again, up? how you doing? Uh, call back because I thought about it. I said, you know what? Not only uh, should you do like the rookies, your three favorite. Why don't you give us three favorite of your uh, three agents as well? Mm-hmm. You can knock that out. Um, I give you an example. One of mine. I love if we sign Josh Jacobs. I know you're supposed to be a running back. But he's young enough, yeah. and he's a great player. Um, I know you have, like, one bad year. I, I have talked about that, and it does kind of make sense as much as it's like it's not necessary. Just get a guy in the fourth round and move on with your life. It's easy to make the case because he's, like, what, 25 years old or something? Ridiculous. So it's like he's the Aaron Jones when Aaron Jones leaves, right? Aaron Jones, let's say, you know, I, I just gave him an extension. Let's say he's here for this year and next year and maybe the year after that. So we'll have two elite running backs, and I, I guess we could let AJ walk. I don't I don't know exactly. But so so it's 25 and 26 years old, and then 27-ish he kind of takes over, and we get like three more years from, from him. I mean, it, it does kind of make sense. It's just kind of a question of how much. And if, I mean, if, if we did get Aaron Jones for as cheap as I said, which I doubt, um, then it makes even more sense because five million bucks is like nothing. So... I, I, I'm not massively opposed to it, but I just I don't think it makes sense, especially given what they're probably actually going to get paid. I, I think as far as like value per dollar, in value meaning how much is going to move our team, move the needle from where we are to being better, I don't think that moves the needle as much, but who knows? Thank uh, With the Raiders... And, uh, but he seems to like, I don't know if that was that do with injury or the whole line, but he seems like a, a young enough player where you can get a good amount of value. And he is a beast. Like, I know he was a beast like the first two, three years. So, uh, anyway, that's, that's a player, and I'm sure he'd probably be one of your top one of But give us three positions as well of your, you know, for each position that will fill in as need, like running back, wide receiver. I don't need to go through the whole list again, tight end. Whatever. I know we don't need to tie that one. Um, I would love to hear that. Um, also, I forgot to call. All right, let's, let's pause there. So a lot of these guys are going to get re-signed, but let's just, um, 
as I've mentioned before, I hate the free agent question because there's so many variables here. But let's just say guys that would get me over the moon if it happened, even though it's probably not going to happen. Uh, Justin Matabuike, the defensive tackle from Baltimore, 26 years old. If he does not re-sign with Baltimore, which I expect he will, that would be amazing. He is a phenomenal interior defensive lineman. We can pair him with Kenny and, and uh, Wyatt and the, and the crew. Um, then there's Jalen Johnson with Chicago. Again, he's 24 years old. He was the number one corner in football last year. He's not going to maintain that, but he played really well. And if for whatever stupid reason, he doesn't get his uh, $18 million tag or his five-year $80 million contract, which he's projected to get, having Jalen Johnson and Jair would be stupid cool. Uh, on, on the maybe slightly more realistic, but still not going to happen, Legereus Sneed, the cornerback for Kansas City, same exact situation, just... Getting a true veteran lockdown guy and putting him on the opposite side of Jair, that would just make me unbelievably excited. I know we have Stokes, and I get that, and there's some confusion there about what do we do, da-da-da-da. I just think if you, if you can pull the trigger, just pull the freaking trigger, man. And injuries are going to happen, and Stokes has got to work his way back. I mean, we got to figure out what his situation is. I mean, if the worst-case scenario is Stokes is really good and now we don't don't know what to do, I guess Stokes goes outside and Jair goes in the slot. Like, whoop de frickin' do we'll figure it out. Um, Daniil Hunter would be amazing. Phenomenal pass rusher, has been for many, many years. He is 29 years old, which is a little bit on the older side, obviously, but um, dominant football player. So I'll just I'll throw those out there. Um, now, again, you'd have to show me like what the contract looks like to see if I still want it. You know, when you, you kind of look at the cost-benefit, it's easy to look at the benefit. If it, if you just look at the benefit, then I'd sign every single one of these guys. But from a cost-benefit standpoint, a lot of these guys I probably wouldn't, depending on, you know, the situation. His name, who uh, he gave you props for his uh, read analysis, and I do remember that, that you did, you know, because I was like, who the hell is this guy? Like, basically, like, at least 85% of the Angle Packer fans but when you, you gave us kind of like a little bit of hope, like, hey, this guy, you know, was killing it at the senior bowl practices and he was doing this and doing that. And it kind of made me a little more relaxed because I was like, we're trading down yeah. and we draft this guy, you know. But uh, so you do a good job with that. I just want to let you know that not only me, but other people appreciate um, the extra things you do as far as your scouting and your draft. I mean, that's one of my favorite times of the year as well. It's just imagining that if you can find a player that, you know, that's good and can help the team out, it's, uh, it's a great feel, especially if you get it right. Um, but anyway, go back, go. And I think I said earlier in my last question, like, I definitely want to get up and meet everybody. I'm like, I'm going to be in Mississippi on family reunion on my dad's side. I never met. So I might have to drive to Alabama to Chris. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. Uh, I got to meet Chuck Bob somewhere. Yeah. Next time he's, he's driving through Virginia. He's always around. And uh, Nico, I, I want to know, that's fact, this Nico, what is it that you either eat or do, whether it's legally or not, for you to get so happy? You're like the most <laughs> happiest person. Is everybody from your area like that? I really <laughs> want to know because that's just some positive energy. But I think we need to spread around this world because I, I do love that much. Anyway, go back. Hilariously, Nico is next. Um, yeah, dude, I mean, tr- Trucker Bob, he's out there, man. He's just cruising around. He's always nearby. And if he's not nearby right now, he will be soon because that guy goes from coast to coast overnight somehow. But yeah, I, I, I'm glad you guys remember the podcast better than I do. But I do remember on draft night being really upset. I, I didn't want, I didn't like Musgrave. Partially because, you know, you go to watch him and there's no tape because he didn't play. So I was like, oh, freaking, okay, I guess. I mean, there's, you know, my tight end still sitting there. We take Musgrave. And then we, you know, do like the double trade back and get another wide receiver that I've never even heard of. And it's like, this is a disaster. And immediately, like, I know I did and probably a lot of the other guys on the stream, we started pulling up highlights and started pulling up some tape and you're watching it. And it's like, dude, what the heck is this? This is, <laughs> I remember being angry because it was like, man, if, if I'm positive, if somebody would have recommended him, and I know some people did, but it was, you know, I did like the top 100. He wasn't in the top 100, and then it was like the most recommended. So he might have had one recommendation or something, but I just didn't get to him. And I was like, I know that if I would have gotten to this guy, I, he would have been one of my guys. And I didn't freaking get there, so I didn't get to get excited about it. 
but no, man, he's 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 a good football player. I'm I'm real happy about it. Um, I never really understood the Tucker Craft thing. Wasn't a fan of Tucker Craft. I came around to Musgrave when I heard about how fast he is because he's a complete freak show. But uh, it started to come together down the stretch for sure. And uh, I agree. I agree. I think uh, I think you should check in with some people. I think that would be one really cool thing to do too. To do like a uh, I don't know. I, I'm guessing my wife would not super be on board with it, but it would be cool to do like a travel the country thing, kind of like Rossi did, but different. And it's like going to visit listeners and just hang. You know, we'll, we'll plan some stuff. Like we'll eat, whether it's something traditional in your area. You know, you go out east, you get some pizza. Go out to Idaho. Go up to Alaska. Maybe even get down to Brazil. Where are you at, Pedro? What? Where in Brazil are you? Because Brazil is freaking massive. Just curious. I I feel like as I'm sitting here right now, that would be kind of the dream. If if there was like one thing that you could do, what would it be? It would be to do a road trip around the world <laughs> to visit listeners. And I say world because I would want to go to Brazil. Who else do we have? That's well, we got Canada. Obviously, we can go hang out with Goose in Canada. I know there's others. They haven't called in a while. But we would do it. We would do it up. Come out your way. Head down to Texas. We got a couple people down in Texas. I know we got Cali. We got Arizona. We got Michigan. I think Trucker Bob's up in Florida, isn't he? Like a, that, that's his home base, I think. Although it wouldn't make any sense to do that. We, we, we'd have to be road tripping with him. So I'd have to, we'd have to, if we did like a video, like a YouTube thing, it would be in Trucker Bob's truck for sure. Sounds weird to say from an introvert, but I, I just feel like that'd be a cool thing to do. Just, just go hang out. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get some barbecue. Just get some good food and hang out. Be kind of cool. Let's get some of that positive energy, Nico. What do you say? Ryan, how the heck are you? Great. This is Nico, just warming up my car before I go to work. And uh, Mr. Jersey Mike mentioned food this morning mm. on the podcast mm-hmm. from Saturday. And I thought, I like food, so yeah. I can con- 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 concur. Incur- I concur. I concur with Mike. Uh, barbecue in mac cheese is amazing. Every time I do a pork shoulder, I'll do I'll season it up one of two ways. Um, I'll either go full barbecue, you know, yep, put it on after so many hours and blah blah blah. And then anytime I use that pulled pork, I'll caramelize it in a pan with a little bit of sauce. I like sweet baby rays too. Most people do. Um, it's really good. Uh, the other way I do carnitas uh, or but when I do a pork shoulder, I season it up to be carnitas to make 12 to 15 pounds of carnitas taco meat. Mm. And that is life-changing. You want the recipe, I'll give it to you. Um, but when I do the, either way, you, you know how it is when you do a pork shoulder, you have like so many pounds of meat left over, you got to eat it for days. Lots. So one of the things I always do is I'll get a thing of mac and cheese, <laughs> I'll make it up. You guys are killing me. And, uh... Reheat the meat, throw it in there, and yes, that barbecue sauce, that mac and cheese just blend together like pork chops and applesauce. Man. Oh, my God. It is life-changing. Um, I have gone through the uh, fondness of making my own mac and cheese, and it is good. It is very time-consuming. So I just get like a maybe better class of mac and cheese. I don't get like craft. I get, you think Ann's or Annie's? Organic. Apparently, my wife says her stomach can tell the difference between organic noodles and non-organic noodles. She has the senses of Spider-Man, I guess. Okay. But um, whatever. Uh, I will eat it in either. But yeah, so I usually get Ann's mac and cheese. I don't know if we can promote them. Maybe they'll sponsor you. You never know. There you go. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, barbecue meat in macaroni and cheese is something that I would imagine the angels will be serving me when I'm in heaven. So there you go. You have a great day. Go back to Owen. I'm sure we'll talk football stuff here eventually. But, uh, <sighs> hey, you know how it is. Um, it's that time. I- well, I'll tell you what, man. I uh, Since I went on my crusade, you may remember this, of trying to learn how to make mac and cheese because I just never could do it. I didn't – I mean, I obviously, anybody can make mac and cheese. It just – it never turned out like I wanted it to turn out. And then, look, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you, man. When I go to YouTube or whatever – and I find a recipe, I have to find people that look like they make good food of that qual- of that type. Now listen, Gordon Ramsay can probably make some great tacos, I don't know. But if the freaking dude doesn't speak English, I'm just saying, I'm going to take his advice. 
So anyways, I went on YouTube and I'm scrolling through and I'm kind of stereotyping people and I'm like, that lady right there makes great mac and cheese. I watched her recipe. Sure enough, amazing mac and cheese. So I started making mac and cheese a ton, not super healthy, obviously. So it's not a great hobby to be like, let's make mac and cheese every day until we perfect this. All that to say, once, first of all, once you get into a rhythm, it's not super hard. And it is, in my opinion, massively worth it. I think one of these days, what I should do is like, if there's a party, I'll make like a, maybe several different butts. I guess you don't even need to do, well, let's call it two, because you probably don't want to put a full pork butt in your, in your uh, mac and cheese. It'd be a lot of meat. But just to have it like fresh in the pot, and then you'd have like pulled pork mac and cheese along with regular pulled pork, and then you got like barbecue pulled pork, and then, I don't know, other stuff. Man. Tell you what, I, I, I love pulled pork. It's hard to beat it. It's so cheap. Just like everything else, once you kind of figure out the system, it is super good. I used to be super hit or miss with pulled pork, usually kind of miss. Um, but again, once you kind of hone in on it, and I'm sure people make a lot better pulled pork than I do, but I've, I've got myself down to a system, and I love the way it tastes. I love the way it turns out, and I have no interest in doing it differently until, unless and until somebody shows me something or I get a stick burner or something. I don't know. But uh, anyways, we, we got a little bit of a heat wave here, so I've been, I've been out getting the grills rocking and rolling um, to celebrate our second heat wave in February. Uh, we went and got steaks yesterday. Today is pork loin. Tomorrow I'm doing chicken thighs, and then the day after that we're doing ribs, and I thought that was going to be the end of the warm weather. Turns out it's going to be warm for like the next two weeks, so I got to go get some more meat and just keep this freaking thing rolling here. But, uh, oh, I also have shrimp. I want to make a shrimp scampi. I want to uh, broaden my horizons a little bit and learn to make some uh, some good meals. But uh, anyways, I appreciate all the calls. We've got only three left, so I cannot do a Packernet after dark. So again, as long as we only have a handful of calls, I'll just keep throwing them at the end of the episodes. And then if we get to 7, 8, 9, 10-ish calls, then, you know, we'll do something. But you guys have a good rest of your day, night, whatever. Have a good one. Bye-bye.